welcome, welcome, welcome to my lovely IHP community. I wanted to chit-chat a little bit before letting you all go about love, secure attachment, compassion, emotional maturity, and healthy self-worth when you're a 5D mystic enlightenment functional adult and you're in the mix of having situations where you know that you're not the change for people, they're the change for themselves, and that really love doesn't change people, and people don't change, even though I know some people will say people do change, but there's a way that those of us who are verbs, expanding consciousness, that our states of self are always expanding. Thank you, Daniel Siegel. So a self is a verb, not a noun, and that's the flexible, adaptive, coherent, energized, and stable brain. It's an integrated brain of a human being who's a restorative, embodied self, so you know that the states of self of you are consistently expanding and evolving, and the child parts, they have gotten to go to sleep. For those of us who are functional adults, that is, not all people, okay? So we don't have hot buttons, so we don't get triggered when people are in our spaces. And I have gotten better and better at being a human being, thanks to the trauma-informed experts that have taught me so much about the nervous system and the brain, and with my loved ones, I was able to, and I'm still able to, put into practice my equanimity. And with my three-year-old, my mother and my twin get to handle that one, and I get to keep working on that, you know, moving into flexibility versus rigidity and reactiveness. But other than that, when I'm in a scenario with people and out and having fun, I'm always able to stand and sit and be in, com in a state of compassion. And the self of me is a constant presence attuning to others as a differentiated self and therefore resonating and linking and creating trust and being there curious observing um what is it called let me find it uh that's where when you're creating a relationship with people it's based on accepting their subjective experience and this is a natural for those of us who are in the enlightenment soul age group though because the other soul age groups, they don't get here. They still need to learn about themselves, and they do that through those other means. Um, but Cole is this word, because Daniel loves his acronyms. Curious, open, accepting, and loving. So you have a positive, kind, gentle tone, and you're able to have another person feeling felt and that's where they feel therefore that you joined with them but because there's also differentiation so i'm a person you're a person we have different feelings and thoughts we're not enmeshing there's linking and so there's a a b but it's a b together so we is how daniel siegel puts it so trust is there's a receptive state and social engagement is what happens so we're in our ventral vagal state okay both people and that's the state of trust. And that's essential if we're going to create a relationship that involves all aspects and then that are sponge neurons, those mirror neurons that not all subject matters experts resonate with because Daniel Siegel believes in them, but some of people don't. And he, he even uses the word, quote unquote, believe in them. But some of his colleagues, again, they don't because there's not enough of the empirical data that some colleagues in the sciences want. Okay, so he believes in them and so do some others because they've been shown to be in the brain and they're sponge neurons, which is why the people who don't know how to be in a state of compassion get burnout because they don't know how to do differentiation. 
And so their mirror neurons are resonating, but they're not in their prefrontal cortex. And therefore, from the midline or the back or the temporal junction, or I forget wherever it is that they will be really what it is. I, I equate it in a different way, which I don't think is necessary, but let me just, you know, again, put that to the side and state that they're not in a physiological state of compassion. So they're only in empathy. You do need empathy to get to compassion, but without compassion, you're going to get burnout because you're only in those mirror neurons not differentiating. So that means you're not saying, wait a minute, my nervous system is resonating and attuning, in fact, actually with my friend's nervous system. So I'm going to, though, disengage because this is not how I was feeling two minutes ago. So I'm going to just differentiate knowing, hey, are you good? Is everything okay? No, actually, I'm feeling off. Okay, and I'm going to self-regulate while I'm chit-chatting with you and in my mind already be like, wow, I hope they're going to feel better. Let me see, is there something I can do to help them? Is there something I can do to, you know, be supportive? Okay, so this is a difference. As long as you're a person who's securely attached means you don't have these hot spots that other people instead will get triggered and then they become active, but reactive in a way of not conversing, or, you know, just shying away. Okay, so on that, when you're instead a person who is able to just chit-chat about everything, we can take the role of secure attachment figures for people who are in a moment, in a situation, and are more, that can use a bit of love and compassion doesn't mean it makes a difference in what is going to be the outcome of the person's story. Okay, so on that note, I shared enough psych education, I think, and a little bit of back to get into what I wanted to do with this episode, particularly is a couple of love messages, and we are not necessarily going to help people get out of their dysfunctional patterns because it's their nervous system they have to be the change that they want to see in the world but we can be people who share with an individual a feeling of felt state and self and know that we're there for them in whatever way that they can feel and so, long story short, when a person will notice that you're there with a level of care, that will make a difference in their life, and they will notice it. And if you're curious, I got a couple episodes out yesterday on our YouTube channel uh, regarding this. So, love is easy for those of us who are with our whole three-year-old heart and compassionate. And as a mystic, it's not because of being a mystic that I moved into compassion. No, I moved into it by choice. Jesus is the person who I got to look up to and follow. And it wasn't necessarily in the way of being him, no, because my name's Maria, but it was in the way of forgive them for they do not know. You, you know, you don't cast stones. You're not other people. And today as a trauma-informed and attachment-informed person, I actually have a very better way of talking about humans and no it's not the devil or demon or any of those energy vampires the 4d mystics do people a disservice when they talk about this but they're not trauma-informed nor do they care to disconnect from the ancient stories and in fact the spirituality soul age group in its entirety does not disengage from the stories and just keep it straightforward which is people will have dysfunction based on their own attachment history and their own trauma history and they don't need to be told by anybody what to do with their life 
They don't need you martyrs, superiors, or blamers. Those are codependent type people who have low self-esteem. They're adaptive children who are rigid and looking for bystanders, and they're all coming together, and they're voicing in a shouting way, and they're going around, you know, all charged up. So the adults know how to come together and, yes, get passionate. And I'm still working to improve more on becoming a person with that level of ease, okay? Because I still get passionate. You all have heard me. And if that's how it maintains, that's fine. But I want to move into becoming even more expanded in our conversations. And as I master all of the information that I've been able to get, and I get more information, and furthermore, I surround myself with the same type of people like me, the compassionate, unconsciously loving human beings. The smart 5D educators is what I'm talking about because they're the only ones who know about having compassion and knowing that every human begins their life as a zero one-year-old. All other people that judge, they're part of the other soul age groups and they have a story and they have judgment and they have a limited way of seeing what a person who is in the infinite higher human consciousness potential experience of their life, an enlightenment soul age group person, will know that dysfunction and dysregulation is not a choice. It is the beginning of a journey with, unfortunately, for whatever reason, doesn't matter, terror, abuse, neglect, something's going on in the household and or more, to be part of the solution, there isn't a problem. What we have, though, is unresolved trauma still at hand in people who have it. So to be part of that which can heal our lovely humanity and all of life involves having more Zen masters. And it's not because we're superior. No, that's the whole point. Self-worth means you're not superior in fear. I'm a human, you're a human. And when I look at you, I will look at you with the eyes of a peer. And I will not look at you with the eyes of let me shame, cast a stone, blame, or do anything that is remotely egoic that is remotely of another human being who has a trust break and is a person who thinks of themselves as either superior or inferior, whatever it is, doesn't matter, but that's the whole social good behavior shit. It ain't good behavior to go around shaming people. The people who are still healing their trauma think that it's okay and they speak to people with a specific tone because they still have hot spots. People who know all people are okay to get healing and have and want to give choices, okay? So we don't justify, we don't say you have to forgive anyone. We say every person can be healed, and if they're nasty, they are not healed. Every person who's yelling at somebody else and judging them is not completely healed from what? It doesn't mean they went through trauma. No, they have a trust break, they have a group, whatever it is. They got a, they got a group leader that is riling them up and they're all yelling at each other because they have different belief systems. Okay, like the flat earthers, they're all together talking about the earth being flat. They don't believe the earth is round. There you go. And they only get a dopamine hit and love hit when they're with their group because they resonate. They see me. They know who I am. But all the round globe people don't. Okay, so when we are compassionate, we don't say that everyone's going to be the same. We don't do any of it, but um, we also don't think of ourselves as superior or inferior, and we don't make a difference in other people's lives because we are just another person. What we do know is that we can be a way to help a person find a secure attachment, 
figure. And if then that person wants to heal, and these are called relationships. We talk about emotional body regulation skills. We talk about your relationships minus the drama. And I'm talking to independent differentiated selves who do not feel guilty, ashamed, fault or blame. There's no pressure. You don't feel the weight of the world on your shoulders when you are with your friends. So like the experience that you heard about in the, in the previous episode, I believe, uh, I don't feel in a way that my, the world around me is crumbling. Does it make me sad to see people be dysfunctional? Yes, of course. Does it feel sometimes like people are not ever going to? Yes, but that's a bullshit statement because it's not true. There's plenty of therapists out there that are helping people. So when we get emotional, it's because we care. That's what it is. Okay, and that's your three-year-old and it comes up. And there is no universe or God or story that knows better than you do, which is why there's no the perfect timing, not the perfect timing, which is where the whole twin flame and flames, this story, it's not about the story not. It's about you are a person. If you're a securely attached person, you don't look to see who is going to drop something even though obviously we all go through expansion of consciousness. So I grew to become a person who moved beyond the spirituality concepts in time. And we talked about this. There's a moment in your life where you get presented a number of situations in your mind's eye, not because things happen. Your mind's eye, there's a number of situations that take place where you are going to be presented with the opportunity to realize and it's moving out of the 4D bandwidth to the 5D bandwidth. I read this to you from the lady. She describes it perfectly well. And any person who recognizes it happening is a person who has a human love narrative, by the way. So when it took place with me, I knew it was happening. And I'm not going to say, oh, how beautiful it was. But it wasn't something, oh my gosh, how horrible either. It was something that was very, very fascinating and the part about the energy behind it in the moment, because you all know we have different episodes, right? So there's different ways that I've described the same moment. And that's where people say, so you've changed. Well, my state of self is never the same. So if you consider me changing, I'm always changing. But I'm not always changing. I'm a piece of consciousness called life. My name's Maria. I process my emotions. I'm an adult. I have a way that I can handle my nervous system and my brain. Now, if you need to give me a noun because you need to identify me or label me, okay, I'm a solo, poly, secure person who's a mystic, enlightenment, soul, age, functional adult with an integrated, how many words you want me to give you so that you can actually get an accurate definition of me. But even then, it's silly of you to actually want that because a person's name should be enough for you to begin a journey of a relationship. So people, by the way, who try to study any person, when I've met that, I have always understood because people can't prove shit, right? So they get afraid and they are afraid, but I find it quite, um, yeah, objectifying. And really what it is, is it's not a spontaneous, um, open-hearted anything. So while other people are concerned with their name, And so, yeah, they are like, oh, I can't trust this person anymore because they went and gossiped about me behind my back. Oh, I can't trust that person anymore because they went and said all of this stuff, you know, the teenage years, anybody. I didn't actually personally ever do any of that, meaning I was like, well, I think everybody pretty much at some point or another breaks a promise. That's called moving out of the whole 
two ways of thinking, people, so things happen. We all make mistakes. It's called flawed, imperfect, that's human nature. No, it's just we don't always know what the fuck we're doing. I mean, it's really straightforward. So the left, right mode, people, brains, integration of the brain, flexible, adaptive, coherent, energized, stable. We're not making a big deal out of things. And when we do, we know that's our three-year-old. It's called the immature emotional response of Maria, in this case, or you use your name. And it's immature. That's it. And that's it. When we see people who are not able to move out of their dysfunctional patterns, it's very sad because they have trauma, it's healable, but they don't do anything to move into it and people judge them. It's sad when people judge you and they actually brand you as evil because they have a distorted lens and they don't know how to distinguish the difference between what they're doing because they actually allow themselves to justify their emotions and their thoughts instead of having a conversation. So when people hide things from each other, they do that and then they go around and chit-chat about things and they then get into emotions about it. Um, I'm going to use my best friend and I, the story of she's the third girl my teenage boyfriend cheated on, uh, with me on, or however that goes. So this is in case we have new listeners. I know my regular listeners know the story to the death of them. Okay, so this uh, third cheating incident was told to me by me getting tarot card reading from a friend of mine. And my best friend was with me and she had her card reads too. So I knew she was seeing somebody, but she made up that she was seeing this other person because I said, who is this? You didn't tell me about it. What's that? What's going on? And she and I contemplated who the person that my boyfriend was cheating on me with because the person had said, this is somebody really close to. I only had two people, two women, two girls, because we were teenagers, that were close to me at the time. And my brain didn't even flinch to think of my best friend. Not even, I never forget that moment. I can still see it in my mind's eye. I didn't even think of her. Like, it didn't dawn on me at all that it would be potentially her. And in fact, I was like, who the fuck could this be? I, I don't have that. I have you. And, and she immediately said, ah, yeah, it's her. I bet you it's her. It has to be her. And that was the minute that she didn't have guts to spell the truth out. Because she could have. That was a choice point. She could have said, you know what? Let's or wait till we were alone because obviously, or she could have said, you know what, who knows? Maybe yes, we'll, we'll figure it out or something like that because we were still with the other person there. So I can understand maybe she felt shy about saying something in front of this person. But um, this is the part about when I was presented personally, and this was professionally speaking, with a situation, I wasn't about to start lying about it. And this is where I was being called out because I was basically used by another human being to try and inflict emotional pain upon another person. So they gossiped. They used our conversations on purpose. And, and so, I'm, I mean, this is where there's no trust break for a person who's a grown-up. What I see when that, all that happens, people who don't know how to be grown-ups. That's, that's it, because to me personally, as I was growing up, that's what I thought. Now I'm a grown-up and I recognize it's called emotional maturity and having your ventral vagal nervous system in place. Being able to suck it up, buttercup, meaning if I make a mistake, I know how to say I'm so sorry I made a mistake. I know how to be nervous about it. I know how to stutter with my lovely friend 
one of my, my great, great friends, beautiful person of my oversoul, I got to experience something that was the moment where I knew I was finally the person, the piece of Purusha Prakriti that we all can be. And it was because I was able to regulate my nervous system in a fraction of a millisecond. I did share about the experience afterwards with my other friends. Like, can you believe this happened to me? <laughs> but instinctively, in the moment, as it began to take place, I knew the significance of what that and this relationship was and is for me, my oversoul, as well as potential for the other. Now, potential for the other is none of my business. That's all their business. And that's how it works when you're a person who's a grown-up. My emotional business, their emotional business, we're two separate nervous systems. Of course, there's sharing, and in fact, there's a very flowing and open and receptive, meaning people accepting. When people accept each other for who they are, they welcome those states of self in those thoughts and emotions, and they allow each other to be the person that they are without prying in anybody's business, by the way. Okay, so relationships are very independent, and that's for not only a solo, poly, secure person, just anyone who's a securely attached human being, because a monoamory, a monogamous individual, will be able to leave their other and or groups of people, because all of our relationships can be for polyamory, it depends on how you organize, but to me, it's not only romantic or sexual. There's also platonic, and there's involved my oversoul entirely. Okay, so just try to explain some things in case people don't understand the words. <clears throat> and on that note, to allow people to share with you whatever it is they want, and then whatever they don't want, they don't. Um, the part about things being off is something that can be very straightforward, because you know, we're all people, so we can read each other because we're nervous systems. And on that note, I was trying to get to the other story with my best friend, and the best friend story was basically being lied to in my face and eventually me finding out that she was the one that uh, actually he was cheating on me with or he cheated on me with. And the instant I knew of this, I was just very surprised that she didn't know how to just tell me the truth. Why wouldn't you tell me the truth? That makes no sense. Okay. On that note, emotional mature people aren't afraid of saying, yes, I did it. I'm so sorry. We're not ashamed of making mistakes. We know we're people. Very straightforward, okay? When people, on the other hand, don't say things, they will ruminate and create stories and they will fuel their own energy and emotion and, you know, there's that. So on that note, when those things happen, um, we don't have anything to say about it, really. As a grown-up, as you grow up, you learn to just disengage from what's drama, man. And what we're sad to see is when people who are growing up are still so judgmental towards other people because it's not about not holding people accountable. It's about knowing how to handle yourself and with all the good information about understanding when people have unhealed trauma and unresolved trauma. And then you have to, again, impose. No, it's just the difference is how you look at a person. So I have always looked at people with, you're a person and I'm a person, but I learned to be more compassionate as I grew up because I learned how people have no 
ability to talk about their emotions and they hide them. And so in an organic way, I personally moved to equanimity. And then I got to learn about trauma-informed things and we get to talk about it. <clears throat> when I meet people who project, I don't do anything. Actually, I try to get out of those conversations because I'm very bored when they're projecting their uh, shame and human suffering narrative and their own defectiveness and their own teenager. So yeah, I, I don't like hypocrisy, but I know they don't know they're being a hypocrite because they don't know they're not even whole yet. They think they are, but they're martyrs, superiors, or blamers, and that's all low self-esteem. And so when we meet people who don't know how to talk about their emotions and they hide, we're not going to chase them after it. If they ruminate, they ruminate, whatever. We're not going to be in a room or in our brains, and as a mystic, in our energy sphere, we learn, I learned in time, how to handle when I pick up um, my oversoul. That's it. So our oversoul, thankfully, helps us to get to become more and more equanimous and unconditionally loving for those who move into 5D mysticism and the Enlightenment Soul Age Group and functional adulthood, though. Okay, so as a love message, what I really, really wanted to share with you all through this particular episode was how a person is the change they want to see. And so if there's dysregulation and unresolved trauma, only they can notice their pattern and want to move out. Being able to see their felt sense of self within the eyes of a person who's also a whole felt sense of self, which is part of what that story that I shared with you in the other episode with this person who's a friend of mine. Um, unfortunately, they have a cycle that is not positive and they felt seen by me and that I care about them, which is the truth. And I am sad because I know that they were trying to get better and I see that they keep falling back onto the bandwagon, if you will, and that they have found a way to excuse that and make it make sense to their mystic journey instead of actually seeking out a good therapist. But there's also a limited number of good therapists for now because the mass psychotherapists don't believe in the updated information, the masses. And the ancient silverbacks, they don't promote unconditional love. They use Jesus' name and God's name and the Holy Spirit in a way of creating separation they're in fact talking about it being you know the whole what is it um the wrath or the the uh, per, what is that anyways the whole scripture stuff and 4d mystics aren't doing anything different either they're just talking about being light and getting attacked by energy vampires or whatever other entities they are picking up on and really they could all use patrick mcnamara's religious self book to try and understand that their trauma memory is trying to heal itself and that disparate ideas are coming together, but they're really creating a shit show. And they could get out of their, you know, uh, teenage and unresolved trauma stuff and, and get it together. We're all people, but they, they're really into this story, you know. So anyways, let's leave that one to the side for now. Allowing yourself to remember that we're a safe haven and secure base for some people. And that some people will take the opportunity to move into their wholeness. But that's only if they choose to love their self. So it's if they choose themselves that they will move into this journey and they won't fall off the bandwagon. And then they will learn how to be their grown up and they will learn how to have relationships with 
people that are grown-ups, and that's why we get to share life with people who are compassionate and expanding. And then the ones who are not compassionate or expanding, we get to share life with them too, but obviously it's a very different story because they don't have a heart that holds space for moments like this. They have a heart that judges people like this, and they cast stones, and they think they can do better, and they don't know anything about trauma-informed or healthy self-worth. Because see, here's the thing about when you're treated nasty, quote-unquote, by people who don't know that they're people who could use a good therapist, is that people who are not ever in a trust break like with my best friend or my boyfriend. And and see, to me, there's nothing special that I personally feel. So healthy self-worth. You're not superior. You're not inferior. Integration of the brain. Restorative embodied self. That's all this is right here. Maria is a 5D mystic because I got clairs. But the clairs, we can put them to the side. Enlightenment soul age group. I did a journey. I got here by choosing love. My resource, one of them, Jesus. But I got also, FYI, held with equanimity by a human being called my mother. And I have a twin. And I got to have a nervous system that learned to navigate and become its own self-regulator. Okay, so there's nothing special about any of what I just described. Any person can do this unless there's an issue or a situation, quote-unquote. And that's where we get the good therapists who know more and they can talk about the brain structure to you, okay? But other than that, if you're able to use your brain and yoga and Ayurveda and all of the holistic stuff and mindfulness, meditation, anything that is in the realm of spirituality, it helps you to get your brain into a way to get to do this, okay? So you can do therapy and this, dance, music, all of it. All these different ways for you to become the optimized version of a human being. They're all beautiful and creative, and they're not the stories that matter. What is that matters is the activity that your body gets to do. You get to choose to do this. You get to choose to figure this out with somebody who knows just a little bit. No, a lot more, not a little bit. (laughs) And that they're holistic, which means they're saying, here's why. And they're going to explain it, not do a little magic trick for you. (laughs) Um, Anyone who looks for shortcuts doesn't take themselves seriously, they obviously don't know what it means to be a human yet. So, as I was saying, doesn't matter how old you will have been if you've always been in the human love narrative, and no matter if you had resources such as Jesus or not, there's a way that by staying connected to your heart body, value body, energy body, mental body, and emotional body, that you will just humanly know This is a person, and I'm a person, and you will maintain that stance, and not because you consider yourself kind or no, it's because you'll just maintain a stance of, I know you are a person like me, because our nervous systems communicate. So what it is, is that a securely attached nervous system with a person who has an integrated brain, you use your left and right, so you know how to self-regulate your nervous system when you're in emotional stuff, You're going to know I'm talking to human in front of me, independently from what they're doing. If they're not a physical threat, because there's no weapon, there's nothing else going on. So you achieve your 
self-regulation in time because you choose again and again and again the human love narrative, not the human suffering, the human is broken, the you didn't show up for me and I won't show up for you, you're evil, people are evil, none of the human suffering stories or trust breaks. And none of that is in the book of a 5D person. That's why it's, no, this is a human in front of me. And it's because our nervous systems communicate that we'll know something's off, not in a way of a devil or demon. No, something has a heartbreak and it's a person in front of me because they have a state of felt sense of self. And I do too. And mine just entered into linking because mine is differentiated and it's Maria who thinks and feels independently from the person in front of me. I'm present, I'm attuning to them, and it's their nervous system, and I'm resonating because I'm seeing them. Their felt sense of self, or however that wording goes, uh, felt, yes, felt sense of self. And they will say, wow, you see me. I'm alive in your eyes. You, you care about me. I can feel you, and I can feel that you are feeling, and it's the differentiated linking that creates a bonding in that moment because the person who's securely attached, who has compassion and love and is in their ventral vagal state, this is the part. We are in the moment of presence, not having our nervous system do anything up or down. So we're not in a survival mode. We're not in our amygdala. We're in our prefrontal cortex because we're looking in the eyes. We don't have trauma in our brain lingering. So we are in our higher functioning areas and we are attuning again and we're not thinking no we're curious we're open we're accepting of what is being felt from our nervous system and we're loving so we're kind and we're speaking as we're interacting with another and it's more of are you good what's what's happening here depends on what wants to come out right or what you're talking about and that's the minute that trust is then created because you and the other are in receptive states so when we're in a social engagement nervous system, that's when we're receptive to each other. And that's because the other person trusts to be themselves and to speak their truth to you. And so they are safely co-regulating and therefore we enter into trust. And in that very moment, that's a person who feels not only seen, but they feel felt. And that's how healing trauma begins because that fragment just got saw, seen by another person. However, the next step is for the person who owns the body. And in this case, like my dear, this dear friend, they have not done anything to get out of continuing their bandwagon, uh, and that's about it. So they, they do know that somebody cares about their well-being, and that's beautiful, and that's something that's different for them, but to get out of their dysfunctional pattern, the motivation needs to be theirs as my lovely workshop. Remember the 12-step workshop lady on addiction? Let me see if I can find the notes from it because she was the one who talked about this regulation and how when we're in misalignment, which anyone will know at this point, when you're in misalignment, it's because you are not respecting that heart body, value body, emotional body, mental body, physical body. So she says, how can your intention become stronger than the dysfunctional patterns? 
and misalignment is going to involve a addictive behavior, which are maladaptive responses to unresolved trauma, a physical desire to consume something beyond your capacity to control it, and in defiance of all rules of your capacity to um, main, of common sense, in defiance of all rules of common sense. So what you don't acknowledge is what you can't heal, and because humans are a process, trauma is a stuck energy, hyper-hypo, and not in that homeostasis, okay? So at the end of the day, though, um, the aspects that an individual can notice is that they're not improving their everyday, right? And that's one, but then why would you move out of it? And the part that people don't actually choose their self is very sad. Because see, if you choose yourself, it means you say, you know what, I'm worthy to be saving. And that's the defectiveness, shame getting shattered. So from the Zen master story, the only way a person can feel that they are worthy is if they get seen by another as worthy and as whole. But like I said, that doesn't change a person. It's just the beginning of something that they have to then welcome and they would have to be able to choose their self in a way of having new trauma-informed educators and just new good trauma therapists because the ancient ones don't use this knowledge that I just shared with you. And then we have people who are not in any way, shape, or form in, in our society compassionate. I have no people that I know that are compassionate like this, except for the therapists and the other people that I learn with, not all of them, by the way. No. And I, I could list the names. I could have probably two handfuls, I think, from meeting. When it comes to people that are in my life, they're beautiful, but they're in that day-to-day -day with the regular lingo. And as we get to exchange thoughts and discussions, yes, we all expand together, but their instinctiveness is not to be compassionate. Their instinctiveness is they judge and cast stones and don't see that this is something sad. I mean, sometimes they do, but not in the same way because they judge it. And the judgment is the difference. I don't, I personally don't judge it because I understand that the journey of healing your own dysfunctional pattern is actually admitting to yourself a number of things involving the fact that your household was potentially not safe, acknowledging that you made some choices, you know, there's just a lot of components that are involved. So at the end of the day, because the human suffering narrative is the most popular when you look out there, and that's a lot of people using those pain points to rally up together and find strength with each other. But that's the part. They're not doing anything to get out of their adaptive child. They're coming together and then they're pointing fingers at each other. So they do half of something. Um, the ones of us who care about all humanity, healing trauma, we have healthy self-worth. We know that we're not in their body and we're not them. And the best we can do is just say, I see you, I unconditionally love you, I'm here for you, 
I have compersion for you. I won't be telling you who to be. I want you to be you. I want you to be happy. And anything you want to do, I'm going to support you because I don't need to shame you. The, the shame thing comes from our ancestors because we were, we were one with the animals. There's a whole story behind it. I'm not going to talk about it. So when you are an open heart, it's because you're an open heart and you're human. That's all. And there's no different way that your heart goes when you have the human love narrative because there's no trust break just because a person lied to you or a person gossiped about you or a person betrayed you i'm going to use some of my teenage stories or a person you know consistently cheated on you the love doesn't change my love for all of the people from my oversoul has never changed i've always shared this with people my love won't change no matter what you do I'm a committed friend. In fact, actually, you're going to have to tell me that you don't want me in your life and really make it clear because otherwise I'm not going to go anywhere. Like, like literally, you, you got a friend forever, so just know this. And, and, and I won't lie either. I'm going to be pain in the ass. But if you tell me you don't want me, I will make sure to respect that. And that's actually exactly how it works. Because some people, they don't want to hear about your mystic stuff. They don't want to hear about your emotional stuff. They don't want to hear about your mental stuff. And I'm not kidding. And this is something fair and square, people. There's a lot of things I don't want to hear about either. <laughs> and there's a lot of things that I don't want to do. And I don't do them and I don't hear them. And my loved ones love me just the same. So we are grown-ups because that's what it means to be emotionally mature people. And that's what it means to be differentiated and not to think, take things personally. And when it comes to offering that even beyond your own intimate family, it's because that's the type of person you can be. You don't have to. This is where every person has a different space. I personally am here wanting to support all of humanity personally. So anytime I meet anyone, I'm actually always immediately into the relationship as a friend even if people are you know not it doesn't matter because we don't do things because others are doing them we do them because we navigate life that's it that's exactly why some of us we end up knowing we're going to get to who we are and in my case unconditionally loving always has been who i am which is where knowing that is quite straightforward when you know yourself and it is very nice to be able and share with you all that i love being able to have been raised with jesus and being able to have moved beyond the concept of spirituality not because of me negating it but because sciences talks about the plane of consciousness and about a lot of things so it just adds to the love that human nature is and that we can become so by adding this narrative i get to also support people as we move into the future since the sciences will continue to build what is the truth and you know it's beautiful that you already know the truth because when you don't have a trust break you know humans are awesome we have flaws imperfections People who have dysregulation, they can get out of it. There's the good therapists, and then there's people who want to be there and won't go running off. They will consistently be the same love they were yesterday, and so on and so forth, because that's what true relationships are. You're present, you attune, and you resonate, and there's a felt sense of self between two people because there's curiosity, and there's openness, and then there's awareness, and there's love 
and we then get to feel felt by our hearts and we get to expand that feeling by listening and then sharing moments and for a person like myself one of those things that I appreciate is when my loved ones the ones who do like to hear about my mystic stories and about my sad moments because yes when I when I go through moments like what what happened with my friend it's sad for me because again it's um, a person who is a good therapist but they don't want one <laughs> you know, so it's it's just sad but on that note I know that there's another day ahead of us and things can always change so there can always be something of positive that happens and we don't know but yeah the person and the people they decide what to do with their stories so let's always just respect that and remember that we are not here to do anything about it. We can only be supportive. Um, they are the ones who have to want to make those changes. And so as long as you're, you know, consistently saying the truth and not getting yourself involved in anything and obviously keeping yourself safe, so never, never putting yourself to the side would be automatic for a securely attached person though, by the way, just saying so you don't put your own health, well-being, your day-to-day -to, -day to the side because you would know to be differentiated and that means you know that you don't do anything for someone. They do it for themselves. You support them and plus we have only 24 hours so there's only so much that you can do in one day with people. But anyways, being loving and compassionate is quite straightforward and I look forward to coming back to have more and have a great day.